Welcome to Replant Boot Camp, the Boots on the Ground podcast for replanters by replanters. With your host, Bob Bickford and Jimbo Stewart, here in the trenches with you doing the gritty and glorious work of replanting dying churches. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital, the church website and branding partner you need to help move your church forward. Stick around to the end of the podcast for a special offer from 180 for Replant Boot Camp podcast listeners only. Here we are, episode zero, Replant Bootcamp podcast with Bob Bickford and Jimbo Stewart. Bob, give us just a short little intro, who you are and, and why you want to do this podcast. Man, thanks, Jimbo. First, I'm pumped to be here and just us sharing our stories about replanting is really kind of what drew me to this project. And as we talked and collaborated, I think one of the things that I was excited about was this would be a podcast that I wish I had and could go back and listen to. So my, my story in brief, I was serving at a large church, multi-campus church here in St. Louis area. And just we sensed that was not quite the right fit for us. So we decided to look to do something different. We were going to plant a church. Everybody, you know, when they don't like their church, everybody wants to plant their own church, right? Right. That's the best motivation. for Yeah, because that's, that's exactly the right motivations. What we determined was, okay, we'll try to start something in our house. Our associational leader, uh, the assistant executive director said, hey, there's a, there's a small church on the southwest side of your town that you live in that is looking for a pastor. And I think they've just got one more shot. And so uh, he gave my resume and they, they looked at it and they tossed it out three or four times and then they brought it back in. And ultimately, we became the replant pastor there. I became the replant pastor there and served there. Man, there were a lot of hard lessons in those early years. But I think one of the things that I'm super excited about, and this is kind of a story of my own life, I like to redeem and restore and repair old things and make things out of, uh, you know, scrap and all that kind of stuff. And I think that God had just uniquely wired me up for replanting. And it occurred in my life in a season when there was not a lot of writing about replanting. There'd been one book that was published, but it really wasn't the replanting ministry that I was engaged in. It was more of a, uh, you know, here's the building and then go find somebody to fill it kind of a deal. And I was the guy that was going in to replant a church that had 40 plus years of decline, uh, a lot of struggle, a lot of conflict, and not many people had written about that. That's my story in brief. I'm thankful for the experience. It was um, sanctifying, sharpening. It was hard, difficult, but I loved it. And so out of that, I got involved in replant ministry uh, through association and also through the North American Mission Board. So that's kind of my story in brief. Tell us a little bit of personal info, wife, kids. You're an empty nester now. I am. Yeah, it's really kind of weird. So my wife and I have been married 30 years. We met in uh, college and uh, got married. She didn't want to marry a pastor and uh, it was hilarious. Her dad laughed at her when she told him she was dating a pastor. And uh, so we got married, um, finished up school there, did some student ministry. Moved from Missouri to Texas, uh, moved a couple places in Texas, did student pastor work, associate pastor work, and then back to Missouri in the St. Louis side in 09. Uh, three kids, two are, uh, well, they're all out of the house now. 20, uh, my oldest is 26. He's in Amarillo. My oldest daughter is 24. She's in Fort Worth. And then my youngest, we just took to the University of Louisville uh, this, uh, this August. And so after 26 and a half years of having kids in the house, we don't have kids. So we, the parents no longer have a curfew, which is pretty wow. great, but we're old. So we come in at nine o'clock anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely live in a very different world and stage of life. Yes. I've got three kids, 12 and under. 
before I got into replanting, I was, um, I was a student pastor and South Mississippi and college pastor. And I led college missions for a BSU. And then I went to New Orleans down the road about an hour and a half from where I was and did student ministry while I got a master's there. Both of those were really great experiences. Both of them were forms of revitalization and pretty radical revitalization. Uh, so then moved to New Orleans. That was a really great experience. A church that property wasn't damaged as much by Katrina. It was on the other side of the river. They, they lost all their staff and just yeah. a large amount of their members. And so they went from being a church of about 600 or so to a church of about 100. And so I got to be the student pastor there under a really great pastor, Michael Carney. Um, and for about five and a half years, man, I just soaked up everything I could from him. And the Lord just put on me and my wife's heart that we were supposed to, we didn't know the phrase, the word replanting, but we knew God was calling us to a church that was dying uh, in a community that was changing to try to revitalize that church and the community. And so I was given a great opportunity down in Jacksonville, Florida. There's a church here, Hyde Park became a campus of Hibernia Baptist Church and Hibernia called me and wanted to know if I was interested. And so we came down and the Lord just impressed on mine and my wife's heart. This is where we were supposed to be. Mm. And, uh, the crazy thing is my two previous ministries, you know, had grown, they'd seen their fair share of challenges, but they had grown and, and done great things. And, and so this honestly was my first taste at like epic failure. Uh, <laughs> this, this was, this was my first taste of what it is to just fail. miserably. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's part of the replant journey. Um, you know, yeah. we call it the double dip. It's like you, you expect the first few folks to go, yeah, I'm not in for this. And then they take off. Yeah, and keep going a little while, and then the folks that you thought were going to stick around go, "Yeah, I'm not in for this either." And, <laughs> and you thought, "Well, I thought I hit the bottom, but there's a there's a deeper bottom." Yeah, no, uh, it seems to get worse. It does. So it was about that time when I was hitting that real difficult season that Nam and, and you and Mark Halleck and and Clifton really started putting some stuff out. And I remember reading in the back of Reclaiming Glory towards the end, and I'm pretty sure it was a conversation between Mark Clifton and you. What should I expect in my first year? Oh my gosh, yes. And, and Clifton's response of depression, anxiety, every family and financial issue you could imagine. Yes. And, and then it gets difficult after that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and in, in the weirdest way possible, that was the most encouraging sentence. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So, so yeah, I, uh, Clifton was not the only guy to say that to me. There was another pastor here in St. Louis County, Randy. And, you know, when, when we're kind of heading into something, we think, okay, I'm, I'm the man and I got the stuff and I'm going to do this, right? And yeah. so I asked, I tracked Clifton down. I could never get him to return my calls, so I stalked him on Twitter, got a breakfast meeting with him and said, uh, what can I expect? He said, deep, dark depression and significant spiritual warfare. And I was like, Okay, now let's talk about strategy, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> same thing with same thing with the pastor uh, that I met with here in St. Louis. Had been doing it for you know sixteen, twenty years. Between that, he's been pastor a long time, and he said the exact same things. I kid you not. And I still walked away from that meeting thinking, okay, yeah, probably not me, right? Yeah. But it was like I don't know, just a matter of weeks later that that those hit, and that's really. When I think about the guys that um, I hear from on a regular basis and the guys that we connect with, that's one of the things that that's, it was true for them and it's true for me. It's like we go into a situation, particularly a replant, and think, yeah, it's going to be different for me. And, and it's true. There are a lot of differences, but there's some similarities. And I think that's really kind of what we're hoping to get in the podcast here is just to be able to talk to those guys 
in those first several years to help them learn from maybe some of the headwinds that we experienced. So, so it's not as hard for them or they think, okay, as strange as your story is and as bad as it was, it's also encouraging to me because I know I'm not alone. And I know the things that I'm not experiencing or I know the things I'm experiencing are not necessarily due to my lack of leadership or something that's wrong with me. It's just part of the journey. So I'm, I'm thankful for the opportunity to, to be part of a podcast that's going to help guys that are in the trenches, the fighting it out and slugging it out. Yeah. So part of that, you know, I think what really motivated both of us in this journey is, and what really resulted in both of us working with associational work, trying to help and consult, and, and then you with the North American Mission Board and the things that you've written has been kind of that experience in that first five years and, and a desire to, to help somebody maybe, maybe, maybe soften the blow a little bit or at least help, let them know that it's coming. Because I think, I think part of it, I think you have to go through that. I'll tell you, for me, it was the lowest, most difficult thing I've ever experienced. But I'll honestly say I wouldn't take it back because mm-hmm. I, I have grown more in my identity in the Lord through that than anything I've ever been through. And so, so I don't want to completely have somebody avoid that road because man, it, it kind of, it's a, it's a very sanctifying experience. But I, what I do want to do is I want to help them survive it and I want to help them push through it, have some grit and survive with passion and, and keep moving forward. So if you could go back to Bob in his first five years, just like you got to sit down with those other guys and not that Bob in his first five years would probably listen to you, um, but what would you go back and tell yourself in those first five years? You know, I think the first year I felt like everything was make or break, like Mm. everything, right? So the reality is when you walk into a church that's been in 40 plus years of decline, pretty much everything needs to be addressed. But there's some things that are not so make or break. And, and so I think what I would say to my first year self is, man, don't take yourself so seriously. You know, relax a little bit and trust, trust the Lord that he's kept this church going through its like deep, dark dysfunction and, and decline. And just because you showed up doesn't mean it's going to turn around like the next week. So relax and celebrate what the people that are there and get to know them and love them and don't don't be uh, don't operate under such a, uh, an inordinate amount of pressure to be successful in the early days and laugh uh, love your people visit your people those sorts of things I think that the challenge for me is that first year was such a rocky year because it seemed like at every point I was uncovering a lack of discipleship spiritually immature people who behaved according to their spiritual age right they're their spiritual maturity. And so I think I, I took that so seriously that it had to be remedied right away. And they, they were older folks. And most of us, um, we're not going to turn our lives around in a number of weeks, right? Or Sunday ser- sermon series. It's going to take a, a long, faithful approach to disciple your people to a different place. And so I think that's what I would say the first year is, man, just relax. It's going to be hard really find places that you can can find joy and celebrate and just love those people, listen to their stories and hear what they uh, hear what they remember about the good old days. Every church has some kind of good old days, even if they weren't great, in their minds they were good and try to rejoice with them in that. I think if I were to go back to me in that time, I would very similar, I would I would tell myself to slow down. You've got time. You don't have to fix everything today. And I, I would go back and tell myself to be more of a pastor than a uh, visionary. You know, I, I appreciate the characteristics from Nam and visionary shepherd and that idea. And it's one of those you almost have to 
to balance and you can't lean too far one direction. But I, I definitely came in as a visionary. All the ministries I had done before were very high energy. I, I dealt with all sorts of difficulties in inner city and international ministry, but there's like a, there's a slow kind of difficulty. And, and even progress is slow. And, it, and, it, and I, I think for me, it would have been really good to know, and progress should be slow. Mm-hmm. You don't want to come in and turn this thing around in 30 days, because if you do, then you've, you've left behind everyone who was here. I, I would have spent a lot more time just sitting with the people and hearing their stories and getting to know them and trying to develop those relationships. I think that would have been really key for me. Yeah. And ignoring the pressure from the outside, you know, if we're, if we're honest, and especially at my age, and, and there's some replanters that their first, their first replant experience is, is when they're older. So if you're, I think I was like 45 uh, when I started replanting. And every church that I'd been in, you know, was always on the next ladder up in terms of attendance and budget and those sorts of things. And so, you know, I find myself at 45 in a church that is smaller than the first youth group that I ever had. And I'm raising, you know, a third to two thirds of my salary. And so there's a lot of external pressure because when you show up at an event, and your peers are like, man, I just got my doctorate, or I just got to this level, or I just, you know, this and that. You're headed in the wrong direction in terms of what, you know, what we think is the, the, the natural progression of success in ministry. And, and I think I just had to rewire my mind to not respond to that pressure and to, to focus on the stories of people who were actually having a change in their hearts and their minds. They were warming to the gospel. They were considering what Jesus wanted for the church. You know, we were letting go of some things that needed, needed to be let go of. And so those are the things that I needed to, to set my heart and mind towards is the work of God in those ways, rather than the work of God that I that I'd become accustomed to uh, in terms of numerical growth and financial growth and ministry growth and footprint and all those sorts of things. So if you're looking to get rich and famous, replanting is not the route to go. <laughs> you know, is to stay away, right? Just stay away. So with that, one of the things I wanted to focus on that I, I see as a consistent part of your story and mind, and, and I love to encourage others and really the importance of being a lifelong learner. And so with mm-hmm. this podcast, one of the things one of the reasons I wanted to do this, I'm excited to do this, is is one, for me, I love learning, and this is a really great way even for you and I to learn is to do this podcast. But for others, why why listen to a podcast? Why read why read books about replanting? Why listen to a podcast about it? Why go to a conference? How one, it's encouraging to be a part of a community, to hear things that are that are affirming and but just really that that constant journey of of let me continue to hear from others and learn from them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, learning from the guy that's been down the road before you, regardless of his age or where he's at in terms of success. If you look at all the the big conferences, and I used to attend a lot of the big conferences with all the, the big name speakers, those are guys that were leading at levels that I probably was never, ever going to lead at. And they were from huge churches. They'd written all kinds of books. They, you know, they were famous. People flocked to hear them. Those guys had some really, really great things to say, but nothing that really applied to me in my setting and context, right? And so I would leave those feeling like I was an ineffective or, or in a, a deficient leader in some way. There's no way I could apply the systems and the, the principles necessarily that they were talking about that had made them, you know, 
uh, successful or where they were. So I was really looking for guys who were just a little bit further down the road than me, who'd experienced challenges. And, and what it did is it caused me to have to ask the question, who can I learn from and who can I listen to and really listen to the content and their experience and what the Lord had done in their life. And so for, for me, I think, I do not think of myself as a famous conference speaker, even though I've written a couple books, all those sorts of things. I just, I just don't think of myself on a different level. I think of myself as a brother who's just a little bit further down the road that's been in the trenches that experienced some things. And so when we, when we do get emails or contacts or calls and the questions, they're, they're always, they're, there's always a similar thread uh, involved in them of a guy that's feeling discouraged, a guy that's enduring great conflict, a guy whose wife says, man, I don't know if I can stick this out. A guy who's trying to, to disciple people who are uh, generationally way older than him and trying to get them to take some steps towards maturity and try to lead the church forward when, you know, there's, it's full of, of a certain generation and then another generation comes in and they look around and then they leave and you, you know, you just have all those things. So we've been through that. You and I both have been through that. And I think what my hope is, is that guys won't learn from us as experts, but guys will learn from us as, as brothers who've been there and have, have survived and are still standing and still love Jesus and still pastor. Yeah. And, and what we offer is not five principles of, you know, five truths that are going to help you and your replan explode or do this or that. I think what we're going to offer is, is experience in the trenches of our own struggle and then our own stories of how we've done it. And then I think too, the, the great thing is, is over the years we've made a, or I've been able to make a host of contacts with other guys who people have never heard of who have, who've been struggling away or, or being faithful in fulfilling the call to a local ministry, replanting a, a local church that nobody's ever heard of. And those brothers have some great insight and some great truths to share that will relate to the practical guy who's pastoring a normative-sized church under 100, who's the primary staff guy, and they'll hear from another guy who's been doing it for a while and go, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I needed to hear. So the big conference speaker can't offer that, but I think what we have is you and I have been in the trenches. In fact, if you think about them, the majority of our tribe, uh, Southern Baptist Convention, the majority of the churches that are in our convention are under 199 or 200. So it's a normative-sized church. So I think having a podcast and, and stories and encouragement for guys that are the majority of our denomination will be really huge. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, man, God has blessed me to, to have some just phenomenal mentors over the years and, and guys I've gotten to just learn from. And I, I, I have learned the power of good questions and just searching and always trying to find something. And so, man, I'm excited about uh, a couple aspects that we've talked about having in this podcast. You know, one of those being with good questions. We want you, the listener, to send in good questions. And then, man, we want to bring you onto the podcast and let, yeah. let you ask us the question. And then, because uh, I think about some of the most formative moments in my life were sitting with a cup of coffee with Joe McKeever and or sitting with a cup of coffee with Rick Wheeler or, you know, sitting with Jimmy Stewart or Michael Carney. I mean, they're Gerald Spicer. There are men in my life that just a conversation with them was so valuable. And none of these guys are world famous conference guys. But man, to me, they're just beast in, in the ministry. Mm-hmm. I've just learned a lot from. So one one is I, I want to bring some of those guys on here with us to help answer some of those questions. Uh, Absolutely. I'm just, I'm pumped that you know Joe McKeever. That guy, not only does he look like Colonel Sanders, he is <laughs> legit. Oh, he's awesome. So, man. Gosh, that guy is crazy good. 
No, Joe, <laughs> Joe is just a really great guy. I, just like you stocked down Mark Clifton uh, in New Orleans, I stocked down Joe because he lived in New Orleans the same time I did. And, and so I reached out to him and he was real glad to grab a cup of coffee with me. And man, we just started keeping in touch and um, just constantly he was, he, I would call him and, and he's just been a great guy to reach out to and talk to about things. And uh, even not so long ago, he was driving through Florida. And that guy is, I don't know how old he is. I don't remember. He's getting older, but he's still like constantly on the road. He is like, he, he came to see us in Florida cause he was driving through after I think preaching at three different churches and he was on his way to another church on his way home. And so he called me and was like, Hey, I'm driving through Jacksonville. Let's grab lunch. And so I was able to grab lunch with him here not too long ago. But yeah, I, I look forward to, to bringing guys like Joe uh, on here and, and hear what they have to say in, in response to questions. But I'm also really excited about the, this concept we have of bringing the listener on and, and letting mm-hmm. them be a part of the podcast. This is our episode zero, just kind of introducing who we are. The, the podcast will officially launch with episode one on September 23rd with the new website. And we've got all the social media uh, outlets going. So you can send us questions already. We would love to go ahead and start stockpiling some of those. We've got the first few episodes planned just to cover some basics and, and lay some groundwork. We would really love to hear from the listeners. Before we close out, is it what else would you want people to know about this podcast uh, why they should listen, why they should send in question, questions, and what you hope it to accomplish. Yeah, I think first, you know, first and foremost, the question you have is a question somebody else has to. Yep. And uh, and so when you step up and ask it, and and we start uh, breaking it down and and providing some some stories and experiences and, and some answers, your question gets answered, but you also help another brother who maybe didn't ask it. And so being able to archive it in terms of podcasts will be really really huge. Um, I think the other thing is I think of the guys who uh, would benefit from this. I think anybody that's in the first five years of replanting, also anybody that's considering replanting, if they're a seminary student, and we often get questions from guys that are, you know, finishing up their second or third year and they're going, hey, I'm about to go, uh, you know, begin my ministry career and I'm really kind of uh, excited about replanting. I think this would be great, a great opportunity for them, as well as the guy that was kind of like me, an associate guy. Um, that was a staff guy that was like, Hey, um, I think that the Lord may be doing something in my life. And one of the things that, that, that I believe personally is that there's so many established churches that need to be replanted and revitalized. And we need tons and tons of guys, uh, who will, will jump out there, take the risk and, and come in. So I think you'll be encouraged and equipped. Uh, I think those two words are big for me. Uh, we want to encourage you. We want to, want to, help you see that this is a valid call. It's a vital call for the, the church in North America. I want to encourage you in the work. And then also, I think we want to equip you uh, with just a couple of things here and there and that will help you survive and thrive and, uh, and replant a church for the glory of God and the good of the community. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, uh, like you said it very well, that's encouraging and equipping are the two words that have come to my mind a lot as well. Just that idea of when you're in, when you're in the foxhole and it's difficult, man, we want to be there and, and be an encouragement to you uh, to keep going that what you're going through is, is normal and right. And maybe even in God's sovereignty, he has this for your sanctification and the good of the church. So don't give up, man. Don't, don't quit. I look forward to really discussing with with replanters, uh, as replanters, discussing practical issues, boots on the ground, everyday kind of stuff that a replanter is going to deal with and us working through those things together, reaching out to resources that we have to come to really good 
real like action step, practical help uh, to get you through it. Moving kind of from that 30,000 foot view down to boots on the ground. I got my boots on today, my, my Timberland just for the, the podcast. Nice. Um, Looking forward to it. We hope to hear from you guys soon. Well, one, we want to thank our sponsor, 180 Digital. Does your church need a new website or logo? 180 is the ministry partner you need to help move your church forward. They've been working with churches and businesses for over 10 years and have solutions for churches, both big and small. They also offer support options to help you run your website. Go to 180digital.com to learn more. They've got a special offer they're running right now. They're offering any podcast listener from Replant Bootcamp 20% off any website or branding project. You just have to mention the Replant Bootcamp podcast.